This is the Thundering Herd Hoops podcast covering NDSU Bison men's and women's basketball, featuring interviews with your favorite players. Welcome in to another episode of the Thundering Herd Hoops podcast. I am your host of the podcast, Brandon Jeffrey. You can find the podcast on Twitter at TH Hoops Podcast uh, and myself on Twitter at BGEF08. Uh, again, as always, look forward to interacting with people on there uh, covering the NDSU men's and women's hoops programs. And feel free to shoot questions or topics uh, you'd like discussed uh, to either of those Twitter handles and happy to share them uh, in a future episode. A um, lot to get to today, uh, so we'll kind of get right into it. We had the SDSU-USD road trip swing for the women, home games for the men, so we'll, we'll discuss those a little bit. Um, preview uh, this week's games, uh, Denver uh, and Omaha uh, coming up for both programs this week. Um, but it, I'm recording this podcast this week on Wednesday uh, due to some delays to get some interviews done. Uh, and in the last 24 plus hours, third, maybe, maybe about 36 ish hours, let's say, uh, Grant Nelson highlight video has absolutely blown up on Twitter. Uh, so we're gonna, we're gonna cover that a little bit. Um, I want to get into that before we get into anything else and just, uh, touch on the hot button issue. So if you're, uh, haven't seen it by the time you, you hear this, uh, KJ Pistons, um that kj pistons is a pistons draft um uh twitter account uh shared a video of grant grant nelson highlight video uh yesterday morning uh so that have been tuesday morning around 9 a.m and it is currently up to 1.4 million views um nice highlight video so far this season uh showing uh, all of the things that we uh, know him for and why we call him the alien unicorn uh, tomahawk dunks putting people on posters uh, step back threes you know driving uh, at 611 like a guard um, and making great moves so uh, of course anytime a player with those skills reaches the reaches the national scale it uh, doesn't take long for it to blow up and he's he's at gone absolutely bonkers here in the last 24 hours so Kudos to Grant Nelson um, for putting that highlight film together and getting out there. Uh, as an NDSU fan, awesome exposure for the program, of course. Uh, as a personal fan, makes me a little nervous about his uh, future seasons uh, sticking around in an NDSU uniform. Um, but absolutely awesome for him to to get this kind of exposure um, this early. It does list him as a 2023 draft prospect. Um, I definitely think he's an NBA draft prospect. I'm leaning more towards the 2024 draft. Uh, I think once the scouts dig into the film, they'll see, you know, a few of the things that have, have bothered him a little bit, uh, so far this season, which is just, you know, still some turnovers, still some tendency to get into some foul trouble, um, here and there. And just, uh, it is documented, uh, his outside shooting is not, quite where he would like it to be. I think he's shooting around 27% from three this year. Uh, so NBA scouts will likely want those numbers to get up a little bit before, before making the jump um, to the NBA, but definitely fun to talk about. Definitely fun to see. Um, should be a lot of eyes on the NDSU program here. Now the, the rest of the season, whether that's good or bad to be determined, but a uh, lot of, a lot of new fans from what I've seen on the comments on this, um, for Grant Nelson, uh, and a lot of people saying they'll be keeping their eye on NDSU. So, uh, super fun. Uh, go check out the highlight video if you haven't already. Um, if you've been watching the team this season, you've seen pretty much all of these plays. Uh, they're just all compacted down into a nice minute and a half or so, um, video of Grant Nelson, uh, absolutely dominating the competition um which rolls into what uh he did last week um covering uh the SDSU and USD home games uh their first conference home games for NDSU uh and two big ones uh SDSU and USD picked in the top half near the top uh, first second or third in in most of the preseason polls have played fairly well um so far this season had some ups and downs SDSU's dealt with some injuries. Uh, Luke Apple uh, has been out. 
Um, and so that has caused a, a little bit of a ripple effect in, in their game plan, not having that inside presence, um, scoring presence like they've, they've had um, to start the year. Uh, but the game was, was absolutely fantastic. Great crowd uh, Thursday night. Uh, and they got to see some, some of the electricity that was in that highlight video. There were two, two, three plays actually from that game in that highlight video. That's making its rounds on Twitter from Grant Nelson. Uh, step back three, uh, poster dunk from the wing, and and then a two hand put back slam, uh, putting some SDSU players on a on a poster, which is always fun for Bison fans to see. Um, the rest of the game was back and forth. Uh, Mayo, I can't say enough about Jakari White, who we do have uh, on the interview uh, today. Um, we also have Abby Draper. I didn't mention that at the beginning, but Jakari White and Abby Draper on today. Uh, Jakari White really, I mean. He absolutely gave everything he could on the on the defensive end, played 36 minutes um, and really, really did a fantastic job uh, defending Mayo from SDSU, um, holding him to 13 points on 17 shots. Wasn't Jakari's day on the offensive end. He went one for nine. Um, he did it finish with seven points by going four for four from the free throw line. But it says a lot about him uh, that when it wasn't his day offensively, he stayed locked in and did his job defensively to help NDSU secure this win. Uh, it was a great game. Andrew Morgan was an absolute animal uh, on the offensive glass. Uh, he had eight offensive rebounds, 13 rebounds total. He put up 24 points on 10 of 15 shooting. Super efficient day. Uh, also had three assists and two steals. So really, really fantastic game from Andrew Morgan. Uh, to go along with Grant Nelson's game, he had 17 and eight. Um, you know, it, it was NDSU and, and SDSU. It was one of the classic matchups. It was 27, 27 at halftime. It was tight most of the way down the stretch. NDSU uh, fortunate to just pull away at the end and get the W uh, in front of a good crowd. So really great game. Uh, one they really had to have. Um, it's it's going to be tough to to grind out road wins this year in the Summit League. Uh, so you really can't afford to to give up games at home, I guess, especially against the the tough teams in the league that you're going to be jockeying for position uh, for seeding come tournament time with. So SDSU is definitely one of those teams, um, and they, you know, they came in, they battled, uh, but thankfully Grant Nelson and Andrew Morgan were were able to lead uh, NDSU in that one and get the victory. And then moved on to Saturday uh, facing USD. Um, another absolutely fantastic game. Decent crowd, even though it was Frisco weekend, uh, still had a decent crowd turnout for the game. So um, that was great. Game started really well for NDSU. Uh, things were rolling. Uh, Grant Nelson picked up his second foul about halfway through uh, the first half. And things really fell apart uh, towards the end of the first half. Uh, for NDSU, I believe that USD went on like a 12-0 run uh, to close the first half and take an eight-point lead uh, at halftime. So Grant Nelson goes out. You know, the rest of the team struggle. I mean, they tried Andrew Morgan after his fantastic game on Thursday. Just, just couldn't buy a bucket on on Saturday. He was he was battling. He had his you know 12-foot jumper that he's usually money from. He had some shots underneath. Uh, with some contact, but he usually finishes through, and he just could not get a shot to fall. He went two for nine, um, only finished with five points, did grab nine boards, still played 26 minutes. He he was battling, um, but he just couldn't couldn't get the shots to fall for whatever reason um, in that game. And so when that happened, it really, you know, Bowden tried to do his best to make some plays. The rest of the team, you know, Damari Wheeler-Thomas had a great game. Jakari White, again, had a good game. Um, but the offense kind of lost its flow, had some turnovers, um, a little bit there towards the end of the first half. Uh, one of NDSU's best games, as far as turnovers go to date, they only had seven for the game, um, as a whole. Uh, but most of that came because they absolutely came out in the second half and, and went to work. So, uh, rough end of the first half, um, coach Richmond let the guys have it at halftime. Uh, and they came out in the second half. Grant Nelson got back on the floor, uh, and the momentum shifted immediately. 
uh, NDSU climbed right back in it and then uh, just kind of ran away with it down the stretch. They outscored uh, the Oats by 20 points in the second half. Uh, it was a 48 to 28 second half score. Um, just everybody went to work. Uh, Jakari hit a couple of big shots. Tamar Wheeler Thomas got some steals, uh, got to the free throw line a few times. He went nine for 10 from the free throw line. Um, I believe all of those came in the second half. So he finished with 17 and six with a couple of steals and a couple of assists. Uh, Jakari White hit a couple of big threes. Uh, he went five for nine from the three point line, put up 18 points. Um, and then Grant Nelson uh, did some more Grant Nelson things down the stretch. He had 15 points, five rebounds uh, after missing about 10 minutes uh, or so in the first half. So fantastic home swing uh, for the Bison. They, they did what they needed to do. Uh, some good crowd turnout, which was nice given that it was, you know, Frisco travel week. So um, the, the Bison fans that, that weren't in Frisco did come out uh, to the games to, to really enjoy themselves and and uh, cheer this team on, and it was it was fun. They got their money's worth in both games. Lots of highlights. Um, if you haven't been out to see this team play, just because of the way they started the season and their record, you you've been missing out. There is some talent. There is Grant Nelson, uh, and that's really about all you need to get out and watch this team play. Uh, they are absolutely um, rolling here. These last three games, they've really kind of found their groove. Uh, offensively uh they've really started to lock in defensively uh and they've done it the last three games uh really without Tajavis Miller who's uh probably the best three-point shooter uh on the team Jakari White's coming back and, and claiming some of that uh three-point shooting but uh he's a he's a really solid defender Tajavis he's great three-point shooter uh he can he can get to the rim when he needs to um and so really good all-around Ron player for NDSU that's been out uh, with some back spasms here the last couple of games. So hopefully he's back healthy uh, and we can get him back on the court this week on the road. Um, and that'll be the next test uh, for this Bison team. We got the one road win, but it was up at UND. It's just a short little bus trip. Um, and against a UND team that's 0-4 in conference play. So uh, it's time to time to find out if we can take uh, take this formula that's been working uh, at home these last two games, take it on the road and get two more wins uh, against Denver and Omaha. Um, and I'll preview those games here in a bit. Uh, we're going to jump into interview with Jakari White. Uh, I will apologize in advance. We did have uh, a little bit of technical difficulties on Jakari's end with uh, some cutting in and out on the signal. Um, so bear with us through those, uh, but there's, is still some some quality material in there. So uh, we're going to get through the interview anyway, and then I'll come back and preview uh, the games here this week uh, before we jump into talking about the women's games. I'm now joined on the podcast by the 6'3 sophomore guard out of Orlando, Florida, number 11, Jakari White. Jakari, thanks for taking some time out of your evening to join me, and welcome to the podcast. Yeah, glad to be here. Uh, so I'm just going to give you a, your summer commit, kind of kind of late to the group, so not a lot of background information on you. So just um, tell Bison Nation a little bit about yourself. Growing up uh, in Florida, your family, uh, just a little bit about your background um, growing up. Hmm. Uh, well, man, uh, where did I start? <laughs> So I, I I guess I grew up in Orlando my whole life. Um, I also have like family in Gainesville, it's a part of Florida. So, um, really been playing. I played basketball pretty much my whole life. I got some basketball um in the family because my uncle he he played uh, D one at uh, Providence. So yeah, my auntie she plays overseas. Oh yeah, nice, very nice. Providence Friars. That's they were they were a pretty solid team back in the nineties when I was growing up watching college basketball. Um, so growing up in Orlando, you got obviously I've been there a bunch um, as a tourist. Mostly, you got Disney World, Universal, Sea World, all that fun stuff. Growing up there, 
those things you guys got to do do a bunch take in season pass kind of thing or as locals were you more avoiding the tourism and and doing other things outside of that stuff yeah it's a yeah i, I don't really go like to those theme parks much uh, to be honest like but i do know people that do have like season passes and stuff like that they go all the time but usually if you live there you don't really go to places like that for real <laughs> avoid avoid the congestion right yeah <laughs> so out of the I, i'm assuming you've been to most of them at least once or whatever out of out of the ones that are in the area what what's your favorite what what do you enjoy if you are going to take in something like that definitely universal definitely universal yeah i i agree 100 have you been have you traveled to the to the la versions at all have you been to the other ones nah, I, I never i've never even been that far that far on the west <laughs> this as far west as you've ever as you've ever been outside yeah. of traveling for for hoops yeah and as far north i'm i'm assuming as well then oh yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> um so let's talk a little bit about your your initial recruitment yeah i know you had an injury in high school you missed a year you had covid season worked in there um kind of throwing things for a loop so just tell us a little bit about uh just coming out of high school basketball and, and how you landed at uh, state college of Florida for, for your Juco season. Yeah, it was actually crazy. Cause I didn't really, um, like I didn't really have no recruitment pretty much out of high school. So um, my coach, he had went to the state final game and one of the assistant coaches about me and just, just off like mouth, like the coach told him, like I guess coach showed him some of my film, and um, the, the assistant told the coach, and the coach didn't see none of my film, but just based off what he heard, he offered me a, a partial at the school. So that's pretty much how it happened. Got the offer. Got the offer. Got something. Let me say that again. Oh, gotcha. You just broke up there for a minute. We got you back. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah. you get you get to the JUCO. Um, you have a great freshman season. Uh, average 13 a game, three rebounds, a couple assists. Uh, shot the ball at a high percentage, make first team all-conference. Um, coming from not really being recruited to having that season, did you start to – looking at opportunity to go up right away or were you just kind of content where you were before other schools came, came calling? Well, I wanted to try to get out like as soon as I, like as soon as I could. So I wanted to have like the best season as possible. And, um, I wasn't like I was okay with going another year, but like one. So I was yeah, I was basically set on like trying to go because D one was always goal and dream of mine. Absolutely. So yeah, June was you know the offer date. So how? I know your recruitment process was fairly quick turn. So how, I, what was the connection? How did you even hear about NDSU? I know, I think you played AAU ball um, for the same coach that Tyson Ward did. That was, that was up here. Was that the connection on how NDSU got involved or where, where did that kind of come into play for you? And, and how did they reach out? Uh, They had, yeah, they had talked to a, one of the my AU coaches and they gave him my number and then told him they told him about me and stuff like that because they had like uh you know Tyson that he used to go here he played for the same AU program so they had that connection nice so so you get the offer from NDSU uh you commit to NDSU I believe you're four days later you were up up here in Fargo, enrolled in summer school in in summer program. So, just what was that kind of quick turnaround and and jumping right into it? What was that process like for you to 
go travel was, halfway across the country and get into it right away. Yeah, yeah it was. <laughs> it was. It was kind of like surprising because, like, I I was excited to leave because I I wanted to like leave Florida. Like, I didn't really want to go to school in Florida, so I was like, I was excited, but I was also like. I was like, damn, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to handle this. It was like, you know, a lot of going on and stuff and leaving family and stuff like that. So and and the weather. Yeah, the weather. (laughs) (laughs) How how's the how's the first winter going? Are you you surviving it all right? We we making it through. Yeah. Yeah. I mean first first day really caught me off guard. First day it started snowing. You know, I I go outside and slip and fall on the sidewalk, but it was (laughs) I, I learned. I learned from there. Yeah, we can't. We can't get any injuries walking in the snow. We, we gotta. We gotta <laughs> avoid those ones. Uh, so you you get to NDC, you get locked in. Um, you know, it's. I watched preseason practice. Uh, I was really impressed with the game I saw in practice. Um, kind of wrote about you as a preseason kind of player to watch going into this year. Uh, based on that, we get into the games. Obviously, things early didn't quite go your way. Shots weren't falling. Just some things didn't go your way. Just talk a little bit about that process of trying to kind of settle in and making sure you were locked in and staying ready. Uh, and then, you know, when your number was called again in that Eastern Washington game, uh, you know, come out firing and, and getting your your game clicking. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, it was basically just trying to find, because it was, with everybody like coming in, like all the new guys, it was just trying to find like what was what, what like trying to figure out what my role was gonna be, what shots we were gonna get. It's a bunch of like like thinking and not a lot of just going out there and playing. So I think that's really like. That's one thing I had, I had to stop a lot, like thinking, just just playing the game plan for. And I'm not, I'm not sure how to like put in the words, but like it's <laughs> it's like when adversity, how I handle adversity is just you know just keep your head down and just keep going. So as things started like wasn't going right, I just. I had people, good people around me, you know, the coaching staff too. It really helped me, uh, like, just get a grasp and understand everything that was going on. It really helped me too. Yeah, it's that's great. I was glad, glad they had it around you. Um, we got it turned around. And now, uh, not only, you know, came out, obviously, that first game in Eastern Washington, firing, firing some threes, scoring some points, but really the last probably three or four games, um, you've really locked in on the defensive end and now find yourself uh, kind of tasked with guarding uh, the opponent's best player, best guard, going into each matchup. So what's that kind of challenge been like for you? You mentioned, um, you know, settling into a role. Obviously, that's the one the coaching staff has <laughs> kind of tasked you with. So what's what's that mentality like going into every game? I mean, it's always – it's fun. I mean, I feel like I've always been, like, attacking uh, like the best player on the other team. And so, and like back home, I play against a lot of uh, like high level D1 guys and pros. So I feel like that really helped in like developing my defense and stuff like that. All right. So, yeah. Well, you got, you'll, you'll definitely have, uh, have a few more uh, tall tasks uh, in conference. There's some solid guards for sure. Um, getting a little low on time. So we'll, we'll jump into, um, just a little rapid fire section here at the end, and then we'll let you let you get out of here. So, um, question number one: favorite food? What what's your go to that you gotta have? Uh, salmon. Oh, nice. Very nice. Uh, favorite non basketball hobby? What do you What do you like to kick back and do in your spare time? Man, I, I like. I guess I guess play I like play video games, you know. What what what's no. your what, what are you playing now? What's what's your game? See, I don't. I I moved away from like Call of Duty and stuff, so I've been playing like God of War series and 
yeah. Stuff you can pick up and set down when you want to <laughs> with your limited free time. Yeah. Uh, go to the hype song, like pregame hype song. Would it? What? What's on play for you? Oh, it's probably uh, "Sky Priority" by Raw Wave. Favorite uh, favorite sport team to watch, college or pro? Hmm. I don't know. I don't have a. I really don't have a favorite like sports scene to watch like I just like watching like if anything's on I'll probably watch it so especially college I like watching college basketball more than pros same same here man and uh last question I had I could we kind of already covered it first winter you're gonna make it through we're gonna we're gonna survive three more of these things yeah as long as the wind the, the wind has been cool for now but like if the wind picks up I don't know how I'm if I'm gonna be outside any much more than I already am. <laughs> yeah, layer, layers upon layers, my friend. Layers upon layers. All right. Well, I appreciate you taking some time. Uh Jakari, thanks for thanks for joining me and uh best of luck uh hitting the road this week. Uh let's look to keep that winning streak going and and pick us up a couple more. Sir. Have a good night, man. You too. And that was Jakari White. Again, thank him for his time uh, to interview with us. Uh, we're going to take a look ahead at this week's games. Uh, before we do, I just I want to touch one more thing on the Grant Nelson video. Uh, there's a point I missed before. I just wanted to cover um, yesterday morning when the video first released, um, we got a little uh, group chat for uh, the writers for Reaching the Summit podcast Um to you know website and podcast as well for summit league content if you're a fan of summit league basketball give it a listen um usually new episodes i believe air on sundays for reaching the summit podcast uh but we had a group chat uh going when this video came out and you know talking about you know nba for grant nelson and whether transfer becomes a thing or anything like that and uh point i wanted to make to that group is i've always been in the big camp of uh if you can play they'll find you. Uh, it doesn't matter where you're going to school, how long you've been there. Um, you don't have to be at a big program to get noticed. As a matter of fact, sometimes it's easier to get noticed at, uh, at a smaller program because you, you jump off the tape a little bit. Uh, and so uh, quite a few people in that chat do agree and stand by that. So uh, everybody likes what Max Acemas has done, uh, sticking it out at ORU uh, versus jumping ship. Um you know, and he's obviously not gone unnoticed uh, staying in the Summit League. So hoping for the same with Grant Nelson. Uh, they'll stick it out and jump to the NBA when he's ready. Uh, but then he plays his whole career at NDSU. Because um, obviously uh, everybody has now found him. So uh, I don't think he needs any more exposure uh, to get to where he wants to go with his goals. So where he's headed uh, with those goals this week is to uh, Denver and Omaha. So couple of conference road games for the men this week uh they will play first uh at denver on thursday um denver is a team that started hot um they were at nine and four in out of conference play uh started eight and three going into leg league play they did uh play their travel partner omaha in the one one game a week uh, to start so they also scheduled um oregon state uh in between um, their first and second summer league games, uh, just to get another game on the schedule and keep playing. So they're eight and three going into league play. Uh, they are one and five, uh, since, um, Denver did play the easiest, uh, out of conference schedule in the country up until, um, that Oregon state game. I don't know where it came in after that. Um, but it was the easiest schedule in the country to begin. So, um, there was some, Discussion on whether their record was fraudulent or not. I uh, watched them play against Sacramento State, a team they lost to twice. Wasn't thoroughly impressed uh, with them, but they have continued to get better. Uh, they continue to improve. They continue to battle. Uh, they had a heck of a game against Kansas City, a triple overtime thriller um, in their second league game that they they did win at home. That's their one win. And Kansas City is obviously, you know, just took Oral Roberts to the wire. So a tough, a tough team. 
uh, quite simply, road road wins just aren't going to be easy to come by. And uh, Denver is a place that NDSU has, has struggled here and there uh, to get wins. So it should be a good game. Uh, Denver's battled. Um, you know, they lost by 17 in the opener to Omaha, but they, you know, they stuck within 10 of St. Thomas. You know, it was 17 against Western Illinois. Um, Oral Roberts was 18, but they were in it uh, for a while. So they're going to battle. Uh, it's a team that's kind of built on on JUCOs. It's a team that really misses its stud in Coben Porter, uh, who had an ACL injury to start the year. Um, but Tommy Bruner's kind of stepped into his role, who's a transfer Coppin State, averaging almost 17 a game. Um, he's he's their go-to scoring. Uh, Justin Mullins is a true freshman who's started to come on more uh, as the season progresses, as you know most freshmen do. Uh, we've seen that at NDSU as well. Um, Tyree Corbett, uh, another player that's that's growing um, as the season goes on. He's a nice piece. Uh, and then Tevin Smith, uh, you know, was kind of the, the Tevin Smith and Coben Porter show last year. Tevin Smith also had an injury, missed six games uh, this year. And it still seems like not quite 100% back yet. He's not logging his full, full minute share uh, that he was prior to the injury. So um, I think Denver is a team that's going to continue to get better as the season goes on. And these guys learn to play with each other uh a little bit more um you know they're they're kind of getting to the mid late part of the season where they may may have those kinks worked out the best they can and maybe we're just they're just don't have the quite the talent um to to get there but they will be a tough out on their home floor denver's a a tough place to play uh they're built similarly to ndsu as far as size and length goes um toko tynamo uh and lucas kasunas is a, a grad transfer from stanford or 6'9", 6'10", that log um, some pretty solid minutes at the forward spots. Uh, the difference is that most of their scoring comes from the guard positions, whereas NDSU's comes from comes from those bigs. Um, so it'll be another another tough game for Bowden Skunberg and and uh, uh, the rest of the guards um, to really try and lock down uh, the guards from Denver. And if they can do so, uh, and keep working the ball through the post, uh, keep Grant Nelson out of foul trouble, working through Andrew Morgan, uh, hopefully I'll have a nice bounce back game, uh, after not playing very well on, on Saturday, uh, and they can go into Denver, uh, on Thursday night and get that W, uh, and then they'll make the trek over to Omaha, uh, where they will run into an old friend in, in Kyan Brown, who's on the staff there now. Um, Omaha's a tricky team. Uh, they have not played particularly well. They're six and eleven on the season, two and three in conference play. But they have been in in these games. Um, they battle. Uh, they're young. Uh, there's a bunch of transfers on this roster. A lot of JUCO players. Um, they took ORU to the to the wire, lost by three. They took you know played Kansas City tough for a good stretch. They beat Western Illinois on the road by four points. Um, and then stuck within 12, uh, to St. Thomas last week. So they're, they're getting better, uh, as the season goes. Um, and so they got, uh, you know, uh, a good, good base of, to work off of. Uh, and they got Frankie Fiddler down there. Who's a, who's a very outstanding player. We saw him last year. Um, and so, you know, Omaha's dangerous. Um, most of these teams, it, <laughs> The Summit League outside of Oral Roberts right now is a is a giant mess, and not, there's not going to be an easy game uh, on the schedule, I don't believe. So there's no there's no bottom feeders out there. Uh, the the UND win by a comfortable margin that NDSU had uh, last week, I think, are going to be few and far between. Um, but Omaha and Denver do sit in the uh, eighth and ninth spots in the standings right now, and so. These are a couple of road wins that uh, that NDSU desperately needs to have uh, if they want to be at the top of the standings come tournament time. So those two road games, uh, Thursday, uh, I believe the uh, only way to watch that one is going to be uh, through Denver's paywall. Uh, and then I believe the game on Saturday uh, should be on ESPN+. And if it's not, uh, I do believe Omaha streams are free. So hopefully you can check out those games. Um, or the replays if you're going to check out the women uh, playing at home uh, because they play at the same time because of mirrored schedules, which are terrible. So uh, with that, we will jump uh, into the women's coverage. Uh, they had the same week that uh, NDSU did 
uh, as well, just on the road. Uh, and they had to make the South Dakota loop. Uh, they had to head down to SDSU and USD, which for the last, I don't know how many years has not, not been a good trip for the NDSU women. And uh, to be fair, it did not start very well uh, again this year. So uh, they played at SDSU on Thursday. Um, we won't touch a lot on this game because there was not a whole heck of a lot to talk about. SDSU came out ready to play. Uh, I think they put together one of their best performances of the season. Uh, they were ready for NDSU. Uh, they came out and they went up 35 to nine after the first quarter. Uh, so this one was over pretty much after after the first quarter. Uh, good news for the Bison. They they battled the rest of the way. They did not give up. Um, you know, they played played strong. They played their game a little bit better. The, the last three quarters uh, ended up with a 94 to 63 loss. Um, bright spot. Abby Graham, the freshman, had her career high. She scored 15 points in this one. Um, but SDSU, who had opened league play, not really dominating the way I think most people thought they would. Um, and I, I'm wondering if it wasn't just kind of a, a lack of focus with the tough out-of-conference schedule that they had, uh, then kind of trickling into league play and going, ah, this is, you know, just maybe just some of league play and we don't need to be quite as geared up. Uh, but when NDSU came to town, who, you know, was rolling in um, with that undefeated record as well, probably caught their attention a little bit and they got back on track and, and they didn't look back. Um, so the the bright spot uh, for uh, NDSU was that instead of sulking about it and, um, you know, letting it affect them going forward, they refocused. They had to practice on Friday, and they had to get, get over to Vermillion to play Saturday uh, in another competitive game against USD, who's been the top dog in the league. Uh, for a long time, uh, South Dakota had won, I believe it was the number was 43 straight home games against Summit League opponents uh, in Vermillion. Uh, they had won 13, I believe was the number, straight games against NDSU. Uh, and NDSU went in there and battled and came out with a 79-76 victory in a super gritty performance. Um, it was back and forth the whole way. Uh, South Dakota got up, by, I believe, it was about eight, uh, kind of late uh, in the second half. Uh, and NDSU dug deep, battled, um, climbed back, tied the game uh, around the four-minute mark, uh, and then you know just kind of battled it out from there and came out on top. It was uh, a really, really, really strong performance. A great closing fourth quarter. They out, NDSU outscored South Dakota uh, twenty-five to fifteen in the fourth. Evan Hamling played incredibly well uh, down the stretch after not shooting the ball uh, well during the game. She was one for 11 from three, um, but hit a, a couple of shots in the lane. Um, Iced it with some free throws uh, and then finished with 22 points. So really, really strong game um, for NDSU, a huge win. Uh, and like I said, I think the biggest part was just the bounce back from, you know, getting punched in the mouth like that uh, by SDSU is, is one thing, but to, to not turn it around and let it affect you in the, in the next game is, is a big step forward. And uh, SDSU and USD have been the class of this league for a long time. Um, but NDSU is proving that uh, they're, they're going to get up there and they're going to battle. Uh, SDSU obviously uh, still has the bar set pretty high, but NDSU is, is coming for it. I don't think, they feel like they put their best performance out against SDSU. Uh, I know uh, you talk to the players, you talk to the coach. Uh, they know they're better than that. Uh, but they're going to give the credit to SDSU that came out and played their game and, and took them out of theirs and, um, you know, did what they did. But they get a return trip. SDSU will come uh, to NDSU here a little later in the season on a Saturday, I believe it's a Saturday game. So hopefully we can get a good crowd out there and support them for that one. And, uh, they can take another run at them. I know Joey Collins did not take the job at NDSU to just, you know, shoot for third place. He came here to build this team uh, and to to contest uh, with those South Dakota schools that have been running for a while. And getting a, a road win against USD is a great first step. No, this isn't the USD team 
of old with coaching change and players leaving that kind of thing. Uh, but it's still South Dakota basketball for, for the women and they are, uh, a solid team and, uh, going to be back near the top here the rest of the way, I, I do believe. So, um, great, great second game out of that road trip after a not great first one, uh, huge performance, uh, by NDSU. Uh, again, I mentioned the streaks that they ended. So uh, you can't can't ask for much more than that after after a tough night on Thursday. So the ladies are back home this week since the men are on the road. So I will preview those games against Denver and Omaha here in a bit. For right now, we are going to jump into the interview uh, with Abby Draper and get to know her a little bit better. I'm now joined by the 6'2 sophomore forward, the pride of Waverly, Iowa, number two, Abby Draper. Abby, thanks for taking uh, some time this afternoon to join me, and welcome to the podcast. Uh, as a new player to the team, uh, Bison fans probably don't know a whole lot about you, so let's just start uh, just with a little bit of background on you yourself, just kind of hobbies growing up, uh, other sports you might have played, and just kind of a little bit about where you're from. Okay, yeah, I'm from Waverly, Iowa. I was born in Alabama, though. Um, my dad was in the army, so but I only I think I was only living there for like two months. But yeah, I have four siblings, um, three older sisters, and a younger brother. And um, other sports growing up, I I played soccer for a majority of my life. Um, started really young, I think like probably around like six years old and then I stopped playing when I took basketball more serious um which is when I joined AU basketball which was probably around seventh grade eighth grade I quit soccer in eighth grade but I think I joined AU basketball in seventh grade and then it just became a little bit too much um but yeah pretty much that's that's uh I didn't really play any other sports soccer and basketball was it but yeah nice um so you like you said one of five uh your your older sister also played college basketball is that correct just tell us a little bit about um that relationship and and following her footsteps a little bit in in basketball yeah um I am really close with all of my sisters but um Peyton she's the closest one to me in age she's four years older than me so I never got to play with her but she was always a role model to me growing up she's only one of my sisters that played basketball um but she she took basketball really seriously so obviously that's kind of just the way the way I went to um yeah she loved it we'd play in the driveway all the time just like anything I I wanted to do whatever she wanted to do but um yeah, she went and played at Wayne State for a year and then transferred to Warper College in our hometown. So, yeah. Okay. She's, yeah. Yep. Very nice. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about your hometown, uh, Waverly, Iowa. Uh, I'm, I'm a small town kid to of like 1,200, so significantly smaller even than Waverly. But Waverly, yeah. I think, is like 10,000 people. So just tell us a little bit about growing up there, uh, what it was like, and, um, you know, some hobbies you had outside of sports that you, you know, got to do in Waverly. Yeah, um, growing up, I li living in a small town, you can do a lot more. Um, I feel like outside, especially with like friends and stuff. Like, um, but I loved uh, having like smart a smaller high school and stuff. I thought it was so fun. Like, it wasn't like too small to where like it's just like you didn't have great friends or whatever. But there was like a hundred and eighty in my class size, and it was like I still knew everyone. Like. I was still able to like get a good like um well-rounded education like I could choose like like I took business classes in high school in high school and like I know smaller schools like they don't really have that op opportunity or anything so and that's my major so I was able to get like those college um credits or whatever early but um yeah I outside of basketball or sports or whatever um I in high school I was in FCA and um I didn't do any other sports in high school but um I worked and 
I worked at a daycare for three years. I'm, I love kids. Like, absolutely. It's like one of my favorite things. I just like love, love kids so much, but yeah, that's pretty much. Nice. Nice. Um, so I gotta, I gotta ask, I, I had to look up the school mascot and saw that you're the Waverly shell rock go Hawks. What, what exactly is a go Hawk? <laughs> I mean, that's a really good question. Um, I personally have no idea. <laughs> so, like, there was these, like rumors that it was like halfway between the University of Minnesota and the University of Iowa. So it'd be like the Gopher Hawks or whatever, but I don't really know if that's true or not. So oh, that, that would make sense. So I, I, I Googled Go Hawk just to see what, what was out there for it. And there's actually Urban Dictionary has, uh, it, it's short for, a goatee mohawk it's literally <laughs> if you start with the goatee at the bottom of your chin and roll it like halfway down your neck and then style it like a mohawk oh my god that's a that's thing funny. yeah oh. i just remember hearing that in like middle school or something and i was like interested <laughs> to see if that was actually true uh <laughs> no it was i just i'd never heard that one before and i i was mm -hmm. like oh, i gotta see if if there's a story behind <laughs> it or where that comes from yeah um, so I think most people do know that you transferred here from Bradley, uh, that you spent your freshman year there, but, uh, just tell us a little bit about your initial recruitment out of high school and how you ended up at Bradley, uh, in the first place. Yeah. So, um, Bradley was, uh, my first offer actually in high school. I got that going into my sophomore year, I think. So like right out of my freshman year, um, I didn't have many looks out of high school. Uh, I think just because I joined um, like the bigger AU teams kind of like late. Um, I didn't, yeah, I didn't get um, as much as exposure, but I had a couple of division one offers and um, Bradley was the closest to home. Um, I'm a big homebody. I like <laughs> a big family. I'm very close with my family. I have like nieces and nephews. Um, so that was like one of my main things, but yeah, I wanted, I wanted to be close to home and um, Bradley was only three and a half from my house. So okay. it was like an easy drive and that's kind of why I chose it. Very nice. Um, so you, you had a fairly successful season uh, by most standards, um, but then kind of unexpectedly the coach retired from Bradley. So what kind of went into your decision to, jump into the portal from there um and see what other options might be there um for you just kind of what was that decision making process like um i actually decided uh to transfer prior to my oh okay coach um re retiring but um just uh i really kind of decided last minute that i was going to um the season just really wasn't what I thought was going to happen or expected. Um, and I kind of just went through some things that I just knew I needed to be somewhere else, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. Ch change can definitely be a good thing. Yeah. Um, so while you were at Bradley, you actually made your first collegiate start here in Fargo against NDSU. Uh, last season so um, did that kind of click when NDSU reached out when you're in the portal that oh hey yeah I, you know I remember playing there did you have any conversations with with Jory you know prior to you entering the portal at all just from playing here and playing against them and that kind of thing uh yeah so Dylan I remember when I was on the phone with him um actually I think it was like our first phone call or whatever. And he mentioned that cause it, it was his scout and he was like, it was unexpected for like me to start or whatever. So he, I remember him uh, saying a little bit about that on our phone call for our first phone call when um, I entered the portal. Nice. So what kind of, did you have additional offers to then NDSU in the portal and just kind of what made you pick here? Obviously we're a little more than three and a half hours away from, away from Waverly. So what, what was kind of the, the determining factor in you coming to NDSU? Um, so I did visit, um, in the, when I entered the, I think I visited in April sometime in April, but, um, 
one of the main things that I was actually considering NDSU was um, my brother-in-law um, is an alumni here and he absolutely loved it and he was just like you have to go visit you're gonna love it and he was like which is really funny because he was just talking of the dining halls here he's like they're amazing <laughs> <laughs> and I just like was it just made me laugh and I was like okay like like it sounds like a really good school and I really liked uh my phone calls with Dylan and Jory and I was like okay so I like visited and I absolutely fell in love with it and like it was so unexpected but like I'm so glad I chose to come here well we're we're glad you chose here too um so you decided to to come and then you had to grease all of uh I don't, what a month a month and a half later um yeah. so just highlight uh, highlight of that trip for you and uh it, the one question I've been asking everybody is what your your favorite thing that you ate or drank over there while you were while you were in Greece was oh goodness all right the highlight I obviously had so much fun playing basketball there but this the sights were crazy like um we went on a three three day or no three island excursion or something like that and it was like absolutely like gorgeous like we got to go like jump in like the water and it was just like this it was insane I've never seen anything like it it was just amazing it was so fun but food um I had a really good I think it was in um in the city in Athens we had uh we got like euros um they were amazing but and they were like insanely cheap, so it was just like <laughs> keep keep eating them, right? Yeah. Enjoy enjoy what you can. Um, so then we get back to this season. Uh, you guys get rolling. Um, you start off your career uh, firing four for four from three against Montana. Have a nice nice start to the season. Um, how did it feel to you know just come in and make that big of an impact uh, right away on a new team and uh, kind of get things going? like that just talk about kind of that first game um it, yeah it felt it felt good uh I just last year I didn't really um shoot the ball well and that's something I uh, really tried to work on in the in in the summer in the off season um and I think being able to shoot like that in the first game it really like uh like sparked my confidence I'd say um and I'm trying to get that back up again <laughs> <laughs> recently it's just not been as as well but um yeah I think I think um it sparked my confidence so great so so last week we make the the dreaded South Dakota road swing it hasn't hasn't been kind to NDSU for <laughs> for quite some time you go down to SDSU nobody you know didn't play the game anybody was hoping to play obviously there um, but able to bounce back Saturday and get a win against USD, uh, just talk about like that day in between, you know, how you got refocused and, and got ready to go again, you know, after kind of, you know, getting, getting punched in the mouth a little bit on, on Thursday that you're able to refocus and, and not let it bother you and, and get back out there Saturday and get a big win. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, our main focus was just like, not not settling and just playing our game um we knew what we had to do so we we practiced like what we do best and um we we really tried to focus on that and it really just came out and uh we yeah we came out and we just played our hardest we put we uh stuck to our our plan and it 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 worked out well so Absolutely. Huge, huge win against USC. The first time in, uh, I believe it was 13 or 14 meetings that, that we got that win. And uh, they had USD had a 43 game home winning streak against Summit League opponents, I feel like. So huge, huge streak ender for us. So it was a ton of fun to watch. Um, back for two games in the shack at home this week uh we've had a couple of really good crowds probably the best i've seen for women's basketball this year you know in the minnesota game and the last one for the und game so what's yeah. it been like just uh being in front of that home crowd this year when when you've got that support out there oh it's it's great i don't think i've ever played in front of a crowd like that big um it's it's amazing just like the atmosphere and the culture in the in the shack is just unreal 
the support we get. Well, hopefully we'll have a couple more crowds like that here mm-hmm. this week. Uh, wrapping up on time here. So I'm, I got just a little five question rapid fire here. Uh, just a few get to know your questions and then we'll let you get out of here and get on with your evening. Uh, number one favorite non-basketball hobby. What What do you like to do other than basketball at this, at this point in your life? The, the little uh, free time that you have. This is going to, I don't even know if this is like a hobby, but I love shopping and I like, I love shopping so much. <laughs> <laughs> you you and Elle hanging hang out a, a bunch there because that was that was also hers. <laughs> yeah. Uh favorite food, number go to go to food item. Um oh this is hard. Probably pasta. Got a carb load. <laughs> it's important yeah. for athletes, right? Uh go to hype song before a game. Anything you gotta crank up? Um, probably Starships by Nicki Minaj. <laughs> uh, favorite, favorite sports teams. Do you have, are you a fan of any big time fan of any college or professional teams? Um, the Cowboys. Game for them this weekend. Uh, yep. and then the last one for you. So how old were you when you finally beat? your older sister in any basketball related activity horse one-on-one any of it when when was the final finally I got her I feel like it it was my probably my late high school yeah took a while yeah Awesome. All right. Well, thanks a ton for taking some time, Abby. Greatly appreciate it. And uh, best of luck with a couple of home games this week. We'll see you out there. Thank you. And thanks to Abby for joining us here. Uh, Take a look at the women's schedule going forward. Same uh, lineup uh, as the men. Denver on Thursday, Omaha on Saturday. Schedule doesn't get any easier for the women here uh, with uh, two teams hot on their heels in the Summit League standings, both teams sitting at three and one um, in Denver and Omaha. Both uh, also beat Western Illinois and St. Thomas so far. Those are the common opponents for for NDSU and them. So going to be some good games. Uh, Get out to the shack and support uh, this women's team. They are they are playing well uh they deserve the support um and we we really need to get out there and support them so uh denver on the docket first um pretty balanced team uh they got you know six seven uh girls that score um you know seven or more points a game so not uh not the usd and some of the other teams that have ndc's played recently that really run through uh one player like you know larkins at usd um, and so everybody's got to defend well, play their team game. Uh, the one wild stat um, for Denver is their big Michaela minute. Um, she's averaging uh, about 10 points a game, but three, about three blocks a game. Uh, she had a game against Kansas city uh, two weeks ago, I believe where she had 10 blocks in a game. Six, uh, three uh, long lanky athletic. Um, and she does protect the rim very well, alter some shots. So uh, going to be, tough to get around her in the lane so look her ndsu probably to go to more a little more jump shooting than they're used to um but as we've heard in the interviews uh with the ladies they just gotta the main thing they gotta do is is stick to their game um run the offense get get the ball moving uh get out and transition push the ball uh and and you know focus on what they do best um there there's not really a game breaker on denver's team so as long as ndsu can play their game they you know hopefully can pull out a w here on thursday Uh, and then saturday omaha comes to town um similar situation um you know they got four scores over eight points a game uh elena pelicuda has been in the shack before um she is a menace if she gets the ball in the post. So it's it, always crucial to make sure she, you keep her from catching the ball on the block. Um, you know, she's she's a big that they have that can really dominate down there. So, again, uh, the key to, to getting around that 
uh, is to push the ball in transition, uh, get her moving up and down the floor. Um, you know, and if, if NDSU can do that, it'll force Omaha into some different matchups uh, that hopefully NDSU can take advantage of. So uh, a couple of tough games, uh, as I mentioned, you know, they're, they're both three and one. Uh, they're right behind uh, NDSU. They're actually seated above uh, USD right now as USD has two losses. Uh, so big games uh, at home. They're ones you got to have uh, if you want to make some noise in March. So get out to the shack. Let's get these get these women uh, some support. Uh, be loud. Uh, we've heard uh, from a few different girls. Uh, you know, Abby and Taylor Brown both mentioned it. Uh, in our interviews that they haven't really played in crowds uh, like the ones we've had from Minnesota and in UND before. Uh, so let's, you know, get out there and show them what Bison Nation's all about and hopefully make this uh, an even more attractive place for, for additional talent uh, to come to NDSU and want to play. So let's uh, get out there, be loud, uh, support the men next week when they're back home. Uh, and then I will be back next next week with a couple more interviews and to recap uh, these four games and, and look ahead to the following week. So thanks for tuning in. Hope you guys enjoyed the listen and we will be back next week.